Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from Epicos Church in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. For more information about Epicos, please visit epicos.org. Good morning, church. How are y'all doing? Good, good. I am the student ministry pastor here. My name is Lance, and I am so excited to be able to share God's word with you today. But the first thing I wanted to let you know Uh, A little tidbit about myself. I am not a handy person at all. Like all the stuff that like mainly men do with tools and build stuff, that is something I am not great at. And I am not uh, excelling in that area anytime soon. But when my wife asked me to put up a TV mount in one of the bedrooms in our apartment, no problem. Not a problem at all. Because I like being able to complete things and see things through. That's the kind of person I am even though I have no business being around tools. And so we go to the store, we purchase this TV mount, we take it home, we pull out all the pieces. I look at the instructions, has like three or four instructions, steps, and I'm like, it's too easy, no problem. No way I wouldn't get this done in under one hour. And so I get the tools that I need, a drill, a drill bit, a, a, a stud finder, one of those things with the liquid in it that make sure things aren't crooked, right? I have all the things that I need and I get to work thinking one hour tops and getting this task done, Six hours and 20 holes in the wall later, I realized it's going to take a little bit longer than I thought it was going to take. This this is not going how I think it's going to go. I'm so frustrated. I go to sleep on it and I wake up, I invest another three hours into this task and when I realized, because the issue was I wasn't able to get the screws into the wall, I'm like, what is going on? They won't stay. And, 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 and upon further examination and, and giving it a critical eye, I look and I realize that I'm drilling too big a holes into the wall. And if I would have just looked at this a little bit deeper and examined this a little more closely, I would have saved myself the time and possibly the embarrassment as well. It's... And, and, and the reason I bring this up is because we often do this with our Christian walk as well. We look at commands like love your neighbor as yourself, love your, love your Lord with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, and we say, this is too easy. This, this ain't going to require any effort at all. And today, we, I want us to take a more critical look, a deeper look, into how we might live out God's hope, joy, and his love. And if you're a note taker, the first point that I'm making today is that we need to experience hope. We need to experience hope. We've been going through what we've touched on chapter one in the book of Luke. And we see we're in a part where an angel visits Mary and tells her some very interesting things. He tells her that she has favor with the Lord. Not a problem. That makes sense. Then he tells her that she is going to give birth as a virgin to the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. That is a very interesting thing to say. And as she's interacting with this angel, she says, how is this supposed to happen? I don't, I, like, this seems a little interesting. And then we see the response in Luke chapter 1, verse 36. So I'll start there. And behold, this is the angel, and behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. 
for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary's response is something that's so interesting that we should focus on. And her response to all of these things, to what the angel is telling her, the angel is telling her, it is nothing is impossible with God. And he's, he's given the track record that what, of God, what God has already done. And she responds with, let it be. It is such an amazing phrase. It's so amazing. I would write a song about it if the Beatles didn't already do it. It's so cool. Let it be. So, like, such a succinct way to reference how she's experiencing this situation. And what she also says is, let it be, and she also says that she is a servant. Then that Greek translation translates closer to bond service. So imagine her getting like a contract with all the terms and conditions in it and saying, okay, 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 I understand. Okay, I agree to what's going on here. A bond service. She understands her role. The question I ask, the million-dollar question, because I'm a person that likes asking questions, why just go along with it? Why go along with something that seems nearly impossible, and why stick with it? Even if an angel visited you, why would you go along with what's going on here? See, in this passage, we see the reason that Mary is going along with it because Mary's hope in God, her experience with her hope in God, leads her to submission to God's word and his promise. So her let it be attitude and her let it be posture came from her experiencing hope in God. See, I'm a southerner, so when we talk about hopes, one of the things I always hope is that, Lord, if, if you will it, just get rid of this very cold, icky weather. This is, I'm not a fan of it. Anytime it drops below 50, I just hope that God will disappear this weather from the atmosphere and to never return, to be banished. Because I love sun and I love warmth. And some of us, maybe for Christmas, we were hoping for different things. We were hoping for to maybe not get that knitted sweater that you get every year that you never ask for. Nobody asks for that, but we get it every year. And maybe you were in, in, hoping to get a PS5 or something earlier than the year of our Lord 2023. Like, I need this now. This isn't the same type of hope that we're referring to. The hope that Mary experiences is simply not something from her wish list. It's not something to check off. It's an assurance in God that, that God had given to her, which resulted in her responding to it, her having a responsibility to experience his hope. See, this hope is described by Peter in chapter 1, verse 3 in 1 Peter, when he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. See, if we believe in Christ, we have a living hope. If we are wanting a living hope, all we have to do is call on Jesus in our darkest times. I don't have to recap the last two years for y'all. 
A lot of y'all have experienced the darkest times of y'all lives. Some of y'all have lost family, friends, relationships that matter to you. And some of us have even lost more than that. Jesus Christ came to be a living hope so that we can get through these dark times. So that we can rely on him and no matter what happens, we can anchor our hope in something that isn't going to fade away. Something that's tried and true. Because if we look at what the angel was telling Mary, he was giving the track record of God. He said, look, God already did this impossible thing. He can continue to do impossible things because nothing's impossible to him. And that's where our hope lies. In a God and a Jesus who rose from the dead after dying for our sins. See, like Mary, we can adapt that let it be mindset so that we can experience hope. And my question to you is what are you allowing to get in the way of you experiencing that hope? What are you allowing to get in the way of you experiencing that hope? And what are you going to do to try to get back to experiencing that hope? And see, for some of us, it might be we need to remind ourselves of the promises that God has given us. It's all throughout the scripture. All the things that he's promised to people throughout generations and generations. And we need to be reminded that God is not going to give up on us. And he's going to see it through. Part of it might be abiding in and obeying God's word. Because I notice when I start to go closer and closer to God's word and abide and obey with what he commands me to do, even if I'm over here, once I start to abide and obey, the more hope I have in him. Because I see what his word has to say for me, and I see that it is truly a source of hope. And that grows. The more we rely on God, the more we read about God. And the more we do what he commands us to do, it also might look like us re-examining what we put our hope in. Are you putting your hope, this, this big old hope here, on something else other than Jesus? Because I guarantee it's not designed to do what God is designed to do. A lot of us prop things, people, situations up in place of God. And we're always disappointed to know that we won't be able to have hope in those things like we'll have hope in God. Our eternal God who loves us. And if you're taking notes, the second point that we have for today is that we need to experience hope, but we also need to share joy. We need to share joy. See, it's one thing to, 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 to simply be happy, but the hope, the, the joy from God is entirely different. It's eternal. And this true joy is anchored not in worldly things, but in God who is eternal. See, in the second chapter of Luke, we see the angel visits shepherds to let them know what this source of true joy is. And it's Jesus. He's letting them know that Jesus is coming into this world to be that joy. 
And we have worship together weekend, so we might have some kids in the audience. And if you're here, hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Hi. And if you're a parent in the audience, I don't have to tell you that your kids don't always make you happy. They don't always do things that bring happiness to you. Whether that's getting in trouble in school, whether that's making an impossible wish list for Christmas, there's a whole list of things that your kids do that don't necessarily make you happy. But that's not why you do it. You don't do it for those temporary happy moments. You do it because of the joy you experience as a parent, raising a human being, given one of the highest privileges in the world from God. And that's rewarding. And that's the same kind of joy that our Father in heaven wants us to experience. That's true joy. Paul describes it this way when we think about how we should reflect on joy in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 2. Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him. See, Christ went to the cross so that we can experience true joy. And being born again, it allows us to have access to this true joy that we're talking about. Pastor Dave mentioned this. He preached this a few weeks ago. He says, you have to come to the end of yourself before you can experience the joy of the Lord. And I don't know about you, but that's hard. That's real hard. Like experiencing humility and coming to the end of yourself because I'm a person that everything is always important to me. I'm always looking at everything and I'm analyzing everything and I'm like, this is important, this is important, this is important. But we have to realize that what's important to us is not what's most important. What's most important is what God wants for us because God is the one who wants us to experience true joy. And he knows it better than any of us knows it. Pastor Dave also noted that true joy always overflows to others. So when you experience this true joy, the overflow of that impacts others around us. People that we are in relationship with or that we know. And this isn't an automatic thing. We don't just automatically pass on joy to others. It's intentional. Because there's a such thing as happiness being a contagious thing. You have a good customer service interaction at Cheesecake. You go in a Cheesecake factory and you sit down and you have the waiter or waitress comes up and they're like, hey, how are you doing? What's going on this evening? And they go through all the different specials and you're like, man, this is a really nice waiter and a waitress. This is really cool. Then halfway through your meal, the manager walks by and he's like, hey, everything okay? Everything's good? You're like, yeah, it's a really good place. They, they got people checking in on me. Because that happiness, it's contagious to experience that kind of the interaction with somebody. It makes us feel happy. But that's not what we're talking about here. The joy that we're talking about is something that needs to be shared intentionally through relationships. Because how we treat people matters. How people experience God matters. How we share our joy with others affect how they look at God. And we can't let short-term setbacks 
get in the way of God's eternal joy, of this true joy. We can't let setbacks get in the way because I get it. Some of us have disappointments. We didn't get that job we wanted. That relationship did not go how we thought it was going to go. Or some of us, that's like two weeks of back-to-back-to-back things that have happened that did not go how we thought it was going to go. Bunch of disappointments. And for some of us, that's two months now of just a string of disappointments and it's leaving you feeling like, where is this joy that you're talking about? And if that is you, I would encourage you, meet with your campus pastor, have a talk about putting some things in place that gets you back to experiencing true joy. And one of those steps might involve biblical counseling. But let's not let these setbacks get in the way of what God intends for us because he wants what's best for us. And if you're a note taker, we have to experience hope, right? We have to share joy. And lastly, we have to spread love. Spread love. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, it states that we love because he first loved us. We love because he, God, first loved us us. So when we talk about the Christmas story, it's a story that's anchored in love. It's a story about how our God sent his son who who would be crucified on the cross for our sins so that we can have a relationship with the true God who made us. That's the Christmas story founded on sacrificial love because of a God who cares about us so much that he wants to be back in relationship with us. And because God modeled that, it's time for us to spread that love to others. How you choose to love people can affect how they perceive God. Because whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, you are the only church, Bible, gospel that some people will ever see in their entire life they will never make it in here for whatever reason and if that's the case then we might want to re-examine how we are spreading the love of God out into the world Uncle Ben said it best on Spider-Man right when great power there must also come great responsibility As you're making your New Year's resolutions and as you are trying to figure out how to make life adjustments in the New Year's, add these to your list, these two things. The first one is serve in the church. Serve in the church. Some of us, we might not know what it looks like to serve out in the world. It's hard to figure out how to do all these cool evangelistic things that all of the other cool Christians do, and that's okay. The church is one of the first steps to trying to figure out how to model that service out into the world. So that could look like joining Connections team, which is one of the first faces and one of the first representations of church here, especially at Epicos Church. 
You're the first time somebody would even walk into church, they'll see a person on the Connections team who will greet them, who will let them know where the coffee and the, and the lemonade is made and, and let them know how to connect with others here. For some of you, that might be leading a small group. You've been a part of a small group. You've experienced relationship with others. And it's time for you to have the desire for others to experience that same thing. So that when small groups start up in January, you can actually spread that love to others who've never got to experience that kind of community. For others, it might be joining one of the best ministries in Epicos Church, which is the student ministry, in which you get to build relationships with students and partner with parents so that the students can understand what it may look like to feel that love. And if you're a student, we're on Christmas break. We'll be back first Sunday in January. But it might also look like joining the kids' ministry here, where that's some of the most pivotal times that people can learn about who God is. There are a lot of ways you can serve in the church. There's not, not any lack of ways that you could be serving in the church. And you're probably saying, Lance... I don't have time for all this. I, I got a lot of stuff going on in my life. This, this, is, this is just going to be another thing on my schedule. What am I supposed to do with that? Look, God called us to serve. God called us to spread love to others. If you are a person that's too busy or you got oh, so much going on, and mind you, I am the, got, oh, I'm so busy person. That's my, in my DNA. But God calls us to sit down Examine what's going on and how can we integrate serving into our life. That could look like pulling up a journal or if you're a spreadsheets person, pull up a spreadsheet and document all the stuff that you do throughout the day and figure out where am I going to put in serving. For some of us who are like, I don't look, I feel what you're saying, but I don't know how to do any of this stuff. Make coffee? What, what are you talking about? Like being a student ministry, how am I supposed to do any of this stuff? I don't know anything. God has given us his Holy Spirit so that we can love and so that we can serve others. And that Holy Spirit allows us to do impossible things. It allows us to do things that we may not see ourselves doing and it points us in the right direction. Don't let that be the excuse. Our faithfulness to God and this Holy Spirit allows us to grow so that we may serve others and love others. The second thing that you, as you're adjusting your New Year's resolutions and as you're making your life adjustments is to serve out in the world. Serve out in the world. Maybe you're doing all of the other stuff already. And it might be time for you to re-examine, look at what you've got going on in your life, and make some new resolutions towards serving the world. That could be through a community partnership, meet with your campus pastor, ask your campus pastor, what are we doing for the community and what can I do to be a part of it? So that you can be a representation of the church out in the world. could also look like baking cookies for your neighbor. Just letting them know that you're there. 
Even if you suck at baking, you can be, that's a whole other conversation. Hey, I'm your neighbor. I suck at baking cookies, but I love you, and I want to know how I can be here for you. At work, you could probably put down that phone that you usually have throughout your whole break or your lunch break, and you can use that time to connect with somebody at work. Be sincere. How you doing? What's going on with your life? How can I pray for you? Do you do church, the church thing? Do you want to have a conversation about it? I'm here for you. For some of us, it might even look like family. What, a, what does it look like for us to spread that love to our own families? And some of us, we might have positive uh, family moments. I just got to, uh, la- uh, on Christmas Eve, stay up all the way until 12 midnight to open up presents at my father-in-law's house. I was asleep at like 10. That, that's way too late. I can't do that. <laughs> but it was a good time. Some of us don't have that same good time when it comes to holidays. Families might be a source of trauma, stress, anxiety. But God has called us to love others because he loved us first. With the proper boundaries in place, I would encourage you to Figure out how you can interact with your family in a way that spreads the love of God. Ask them how they're doing, what's going on with their life. How can you be there for them? The same way I just didn't take enough time to re-examine and look at this TV mount to figure out what I'm, what's going on, what am I doing? It's time for us to do that. As we go into this year, 2022, let us not be a year where we don't, under, we, we don't try to experience hope, share joy, and spread love to others. We do this because God loved us first. Let us be the hands and feet of Jesus. Let me pray. Dear Lord, I thank you. I thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on, uh, Jesus Christ to die on a cross for our sins. We have a relationship with you, and you made a way even when, even when we didn't have any way towards you. And for those who may have not received Christ as their Lord and their Savior, I pray this be the time, dear Lord. I pray something in a message touched their heart or touched their spirit. I pray something throughout the week has touched their heart or touched their spirit. And this is the day that they decide to give their life over to you. And if that's the case, dear Lord, we ask that they forgive themselves, that they ask for forgiveness of sins and accept you as Lord and Savior of their life so that they can be welcomed into God's family. Let us not go out into the world without figuring out how we can have others get, uh, experience hope and have others take part in this true joy and how to spread the love of Christ to others. We pray all these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen.